0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. The Lord appointed seventy others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to come. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and salute no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon him. But if not, it shall return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The Gospel of the Lord. An appropriate Gospel for the feast that we celebrate today, today, the proclamation, what we see here. The Lord draws His disciples now into the work and into the ministry of the proclamation of the Good News, the Evangelion. And that has a very particular meaning. In that, in that time, and the Greek has a very particular meaning. It is from the, uh, the Roman Empire, that word, Evangelion, and it was the news that used to be sent from the Caesars and from those who were believed to be lords of the people. And what it meant was information or news that was going to change everything, that was going to change the face of the earth. And so it would be news that would be proclaimed by Rome and would go out into the empire And it would be to notify the people of a great change that has taken place on the face of the earth. And so life was going to be different. Now obviously those types of Evangelion, that type of news, is nothing compared to the news now that the Lord has brought. And so that is why that word is used in the Gospels, because this is the true Evangelion, the true good news. This is the message that comes from Christ that truly changes the face of the earth, it changes everything. So everything is changed because of what Christ has done. And so what he says is that the harvest is plentiful. We know that because everyone is made for the kingdom of God. The Lord desires that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so the harvest is all the souls that are ready to receive this good news, that they no longer have to live in sin, that they are no longer condemned for eternity, that they are no longer have to live under the yoke of the devil, but can be liberated by the grace and by the power of Jesus Christ. And so all souls represent and are this harvest that is plentiful. But there is a sadness here, which is that the laborers are few. Those who desire to carry this good news, this true life-changing news are few. Those who desire to labor for the kingdom and to prepare the way for the Lord are few. And so the Lord notes this sadness, but then he gives the remedy. Pray, therefore. Pray. Prayer is what brings extra and more laborers into the harvest. But it's praying to the Lord of the harvest, praying to Christ himself, turning towards him, and asking him in his mercy to give to the church laborers for this harvest. And so I would encourage all of us that when we come into adoration, when we are here with the Lord of the harvest, that that is at least one of our intentions that we pray for. Laborers for the harvest. Those who will go out and labor for souls and bring this evangelion, this good news. And so then the Lord, he says, if you pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. They belong to him. They are his souls. We love them for his sake. And then he sends them off with what we've seen before, nothing of this earth. He strips them of all the things of this earth and he equips them with all the beautiful grace of heaven. And he knows and he sends them not only ill-equipped in terms of the uh, material sense, But he says that his providence, we know from the other accounts, will provide for them. He acknowledges that there will be dangers. I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. But when you go and when you might meet these wolves and when you might be in the midst of this danger, what are they called to bring? They are called to bring peace and healing and the proclamation that the kingdom of God is near at hand. And so when the disciples enter into a house, he gives them that first message. He tells them what to say. They carry his words. And the first things that they say to a house that they enter is peace to this house. St. Thomas Aquinas says that there is a threefold peace that Jesus Christ brings. Peace is the restoration of order, the restoration of what has been broken apart. And what has been severed and broken apart is our relationship with God, our relationship with our neighbor, and our relationship with ourselves. Even within ourselves, there is discord and there is a tearing apart. The soul wars against the flesh. And so the message that Christ brings is a restoration of peace, peace between God and ourselves, peace between ourselves and our neighbor, and then peace within our own selves as well. This is the power of his grace, His grace, when it is given to us, restores this peace. When we are in grace, in a state of grace, as we say, then we are in right relationship with God, we are in a right relationship within ourselves, and we are able then to truly love our neighbor as ourselves. And so this message of peace is the welcoming of Christ's grace which accomplishes that peace. And then he says to them as well, heal Heal the sick. And now this was obviously the physically sick and the disciples did do that. But we are also sick in soul, sick with the effects of sin. And so part of the healing ministry of the church is that removal of the sicknesses of the soul, moving souls into grace and restoring them to health. And so we can see that grace brings all of these elements. It brings peace, but it also brings healing. What we say is that grace both heals and elevates our nature, meaning, meaning it heals us, but it also allows us to live in a divine way, in a godlike way, and in a heavenly way. And so that's how we see what comes at the end of the gospel today. It is not just about the restoration of peace, it is not just about the healing. But it is also about the beautiful proclamation that the kingdom of God is near at hand now that is a very strange saying and there's many attempts to understand what does the kingdom of God mean in the New Testament the phrase kingdom of God is mentioned 122 times 99 times in the synoptic gospels it is mentioned the kingdom of God this is the proclamation that Christ brings and it is near at hand meaning it is not imposed on us but is something that we must take. We must reach out and we must incorporate the kingdom of God into our life. The kingdom of God is something that we are called to, not just to be healed but to live as creatures of heaven even now on earth so that our life manifests the kingdom. And in order for there to be a kingdom, it means that there must be a king. And so the king is now the center of our life. He is the one who brings us this grace. He is the one who heals our nature, and he calls us higher. He calls us to be more and more like himself, to know as he knows and to love as he loves. When we come into the presence of the Lord here in the Blessed Sacrament, when we participate in the Mass, and when we spend time here in adoration, we are with the king. We are with the one whose kingdom has come. And when we are with the king, he is the one who is able to transform us. And when we come here and sit before him, he gives us his peace. He gives us his healing. And he calls us higher to take hold of the kingdom of heaven, which is near at hand.